hope that each of us has to build a new world order in which nations and peoples with different systems and different values can live together in peace. A world in which there is the very real prospect of a new world order. A part of that plan, of course, is to induce the gradual surrender of American sovereignty, piece by piece and step by step, to various international organizations of which the United Nations is the outstanding but far from the only example. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. We will get to an era where we will have multiplied the intelligence and intellectual capability of the human machine civilization a billion-fold compared to today. So we call it a singularity. You're listening to Canary Cry Radio. Now here's Basil and Gons. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to Canary Cry Radio once again. This is our second episode, um, so we're glad you made it back. If you heard the first one, if not, go back into the archives and check it out. I'm Basil. And I'm Gons, and we just wanted to welcome everybody. If you found this through Revelations Radio Network, um, just want to thank the master, uh, Chris White, for putting us on this feed. And so... um, we are happy to be here, and hopefully we can provide some thoughts and stuff that um, you guys should be hearing about, or at least thinking about, I suppose. Yeah, and if you uh, don't know already, um, uh, it's a great network, and uh, we recommend you go and check it out and get plugged into that uh, to that uh, tribe there, and so you can keep up with us and all the rest of the great shows. Yeah, so we're just going to jump right in. Um, and we, there's a couple articles that have come out um, on Wired Magazine, and some of it, you know, we're going to talk about some stuff that I guess, you know, I was listening to Revelations Radio News with uh, Andrew Hoffman and Tim, and they, they talked about it too, but, um, you know, we, we just want to bring up the same article, just because it's it pertains to kind of what we're about, if you will. Yeah, last episode we talked about uh, internet tracking and uh, what that means and and where that that has the potential to go. And this article is, uh, a, is a great example of just how deep this rabbit hole goes um, in regards to intelligence and what uh, the government actually knows about you and what they have the potential to um, to do with it. Yeah, so the article we're talking about is in Wired Magazine. I believe the link is there in uh, the Revelation Radio Network feed, and we'll link to it in our show notes. And um, it came out on March 15th, and it is called The NSA is Building the Country's Biggest Spy Center. Watch what you say. And it just seems like there's been a slew of articles that have come out recently that talks about, you know, this kind of monitoring system, which is interesting that we brought that up in the first episode and, and, and we see all these articles come out right after. Yeah, it works out well for us. <laughs> and uh, the, the really interesting thing is, and we'll get into this more later when we start to explain it, but this has been happening for a decade at least. And um, it, it's just now coming out. The details are coming out. Whistleblowers are coming out and, uh, and really shedding a light on just exactly how huge this program is 
that has been repeatedly denied by the NSA. And um, so it's just a very scandalous thing all around. So we'll just get right into it. Yeah. Um, did you want to kind of set up the... Sure, sure, yeah. Kind of the concept of where we're going today. Yeah, well, what it is is um, the NSA is now building and... well. I'm sure it's built now. I think it's actually happening right now. Um, a humongous, humongous uh, complex in Utah. And what this place is, is a, a, a enormous warehouse with the fastest computer in America. Well, you know, they're, they're working to build the fastest computing power um, in the world right now. Japan and China are just slightly ahead of us, but we're doing pretty good. And so, um, I mean, there's a, something like 500,000 square feet of server space um, filled with an unimaginable amount of um, data storage. And right. what's happening is every piece of intelligence in the world, well, it, within NSA's reach, which basically is the world, right. um, is being filtered through this new um, computing system that they have. And scanning every word, categorizing it, and finally storing every single piece of uh, communication coming in and out of America and traveling all, all around the world. This includes cell phone uh, conversations, emails, Google searches, Amazon purchases, everything uh, that you do that goes across a network um, is literally being recorded as we speak. The fact that you are listening to this um, station is on the books. Yep. So, so you're blacklisted if you're listening already. <laughs> Welcome to the club. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so something very interesting happened to me last week. Um, and we're recording this on Sunday, um, March 25th, 25th, I believe, 2012. Yep. And um, so last week we talked about internet tracking and how, you know, the these, you know, people, the NSA, whoever are tracking our, through our cell phones, through our browsers, and everything we look at, and um, this—I have a, basically a first-hand account. Um, very strange happening. Um, I was over at Douglas Hamp's house. He's the author of uh, uh, "Corrupting the Image: Angels, Aliens, and the Antichrist Revealed," and um, he gave me this uh, five-CD set. It was Steve Quayle and Tom Horn. Uh, in 2008, having a conversation about um, the Nephilim and giants and aliens and UFOs and, and all that good stuff. And uh, so he let me borrow that. And um, I, I was listening to it, and I was listening to it in the car and for the next few days. And um, I was taking notes on it and just, you know, interesting facts that I might want to look up or dig deeper into. And one of the things, because I, you know, I've been looking a lot at the technocracy and transhumanist stuff, uh, one of the things that Steve Quayle mentioned, and remember this is back in 2008, he mentioned um, how British Telecom had recently, and this is again 08, um, come out with this chip, or they were talking about coming out with a chip called the Soul Catcher. And basically what this thing would do mm. is they would implant it in your cranium behind your eyeball, and it would record your thoughts, everything you see, um, you know, all the stuff that we're talking about here exactly kind of tracking you but more so not just like oh we're tracking your phone it's like no we're actually tracking your brain waves your thoughts your yeah. dreams everything like that yeah and um the concept was we want to implement this thing by 2025 mm -hmm. so i thought wow that's interesting I, I should look into that more 
So it, on my iPhone, which I already know is getting tracked, but you know, it gets interesting. I was uh, using this. Uh, there's a little Notepad app that comes on your iPhones. So I, I opened that up and I just typed in British Telecom uh, Soul Catcher, and I just typed that in there so I can look it look it up later. Not a minute later, <laughs> a minute, maybe two minutes later, I get an email in my inbox, and again I can check check this from my phone. Um, from a gentleman named Andrew Slater, and it's probably not even a real person. Uh, and this email looks like spam, but it's interesting because it came in my inbox, and the title of the email was, Your email has been awarded one million pounds in British Telecom promo. Provide name, phone, country. And wow. I just about fell out of my car. I was sitting in my car at the time, and <laughs> I thought, amazing. What? I, that is, I mean, if you, I guess you can call it a coincidence, but I, I just highly doubt if that. If you believe in those. Y- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just highly doubt that I'm listening to something on my car stereo and I type something into my phone and immediately after that, I get an email that's suspicious to say Very the suspicious. least. And, and the thing I find interesting is it says you've won a million dollars in telecom. Well, a million pounds. Well, million, so. Yeah. A million pounds <laughs> in telecom promo. Yeah. You know, and that phrase itself, maybe that means, you know, the chip is a million dollars and you've won a chance to put it in your head. You know, <laughs> the, the, just, just, it, the, the email is just too much. Yeah. And, and provide name, phone and country. Yeah. I mean, what, what do you like? You already have my email address. You know, what What else do you need? You know, you going to call me or <laughs> like, hey, what's up? We saw that you, you know, and I think kind of what we talked about last time about tailoring your yeah. your internet. Oh, exactly. I mean, this is the kind of thing that we can probably expect to start seeing. Exactly. If they could see that you were talking about um, telecom, uh, British telecom or whatever, which is what we're assuming happened. Right. Um, and you weren't even on the internet. It wasn't like you were typing it into a browser. No. You weren't typing it. It was just simply an app that, for uh, according to our knowledge of the uh, app, right. is not an <laughs> online app. Right. Um, but obviously, there's a tracking thing in there, and it just totally makes sense. You would, uh, who wouldn't pay an app where people think they're writing personal messages, right. not being read, taking those messages and selling them to advertisers yep. or giving them to organizations who want information on who is talking about them right. or things like that. It just totally makes sense. And this to me is proof to, of something that I already thought was happening. I already knew in my head that this was happening, but the reality that that happened to you and it was real and it was instant right, brings a whole new level of depth in my mind to this reality. And I think this is something that everybody should be thinking about now. Because we've heard the conspiracies, we've heard, we've seen the movies, we know right. Skynet and how to destroy it, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it, the fact that it's it's happening now, yeah. right now, when this gets posted, it'll be recorded in Utah, yep. and it'll be kept there, yep. and it, it'll be referred back to, I'm sure, right. maybe, maybe not, but the fact is that it's happening. Now let's talk about. Um, a, something else with Utah or was there anything? No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. We can just kind of back to the Utah it. data center, which I think is awesome because the Utah data center, right. such a, <laughs> such a vague name for this supercomputer that's controlling, not controlling, that's collecting every piece of data in the world. But, um, the Utah data center. Well, uh, what's interesting too, just real briefly, if I yeah, can interject yeah. is 
obviously, you know, everyone knows Utah's Mormon country. Mm. And um, the Mormons are one of the um, – they, they have a big uh, – Emphasis, not emphasis necessarily, but one of their they're, they're big proponents of transhumanism. Mm, yes, because their theology really fits into the whole transhumanist theology. Mm-hmm. So just just wanted to comment, just say that. Too. Oh, definitely. I've actually I've even seen a funny little graphic uh, on Mormonism and shows sort of evolution, and then shows like a transhumanist at the very end of the evolution. Right. <laughs> so, anyways, um, what I was going to back to the so benignly named Utah Data Center. One huge thing, and this is in the Wired article, and I recommend everybody go and read this. And the article is a few pages long, but bear with it. It gets really deep. But one of the biggest things, purposes of the Utah Data Center is, um, and its humongous computing power is for code breaking. They uh, talked about some of the best code breakers, some of the oldest code breakers, some of these old timers, vouched for the center and 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 got financing for the center and and convinced the government that we need the utah data center because the computing power that's housed within those warehouses um is the code breaking uh powerhouse um that we can break 128 bit um encryptions 164 bit encryptions these encryptions that are more or less impossible to break by any other means right um so it's just the amazing amount of power that this computer has to simply go through every single possibility to uh, decode uh, an encryption or a code. Right. Now, what this used to mean is if you just wanted to powerhouse right through a code and just try every combination until you get it, for the 128-bit encryption of today, it would literally take a million years or more. Right. But now with this computer, they are expecting to be able to do it, you know, in a reasonable amount of time. Right. Which is just sounds amazing, but it should be very scary. Yeah. Because that means the end of all possibility of privacy. Right. And um, so now with this idea of code breaking in mind, I want to bring up the connection with that and the, uh, the soul catcher chip. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, you said, Gons, that the Soul Catcher chip is there to, first of all, record everything you're seeing. Right. And then attempt to, well, and record your thoughts. Record it, change it, encrypt it into some kind of data format. Exactly. To store the information Mm -hmm. and turn Turn. it into visual or audible or Yeah, the bioelectrical signals given off by your brain that um, can be read by a computer. Right. Now, if you think about it, bioelectrical signals coming from your brain are a sort of code. You can't plug a wire into your head right now and just see your thoughts written out onto a screen because right. it's just apples and oranges. Your b- brain doesn't know how to talk to a computer in that manner. Right. Well, with the amount of computing power that we are just barely scratching the surface of and will just explode in the next few years, yeah. um, the code-breaking capabilities that we are about to experience in my belief, can and will be translated into a software or a program that will attempt to decode and look for patterns and basically de-encrypt the 
bioelectrical signals that create thoughts in your head. To put it another way, your brain speaks in its own code. Right. And now if you apply this code breaking thing to this chip, the chip can read your thoughts, put it onto a document, and give it to somebody to read. Right. And this is just, it sounds like science fiction we've been reading in, in books for literally 100 years. Yeah. And, you know, just to tie in a spiritual element to this. Oh, definitely. Is that, you know, all of our thoughts, um, especially from the biblical perspective, the Christian perspective, we're either, it's, it's pretty black and white as far as we're either really getting our sense of self and our thoughts and everything. They're either of God or they're not. They're from something else, some other entity, some other being. Um, even our most, our, the thoughts that we believe are totally our own can very well be influenced by whatever, whatever entities. Mm -hmm. So when you start to think about that and you think about this biotechnology that is emerging this could be very much the kinds of things that we read in biblical prophecy where uh, the, the demons and, and these fallen angels and stuff will have an opportunity to manifest physically in a way that perhaps they haven't been able to for, for you know, thousands of years. Well, precisely. And, you know, and we read the Genesis 6 account that they mated with women and all this stuff. We don't know what that looked like. There could have been technologies very similar to this that created, you know, Peter talks about, uh, in the book of Peter, it talks about how these fallen angels left their abode. That means that mm -hmm. they, were, they were spiritual, they were non-physical, mm -hmm. and somehow they were able to become physical. They mm -hmm. left their abode. They, they broke some barrier that they weren't supposed to. And so what I see in all this technology that's emerging and, and the fusing of the biological and the technological is opening up doorways, opening up portals, basically, uh, an opportunity for these demonic entities to just flood the earth, you know? Oh, absolutely. And you think about another spiritual concept, which is rebellion is uh, like this is like witchcraft. Right. Now, rebellion being, you know, uh, imposing your own will, basically. Yeah. Um, not submitting and uh, it, it, it has a connection with trying to be like God, trying to be your own God. Well, now we, th we think about this. Well, who's the only person who can read our minds right now? Ourselves. It's ourselves and God. And God, yeah. And God. And God knows. But now, uh, following this transhumanism trend, we have humans reading the minds of other humans. Yeah. Which is more or less... Playing God. Playing God. Taking, yep. taking the place of God. And on the other hand, we have... We are able to read people's thoughts receiving biological signals, what is stopping the chip from being able to send biological system signals back? Right. Being advertising, being mind control, yep. being whatever, putting th literally putting thoughts into people's heads. Who's the, who's the only person who can divinely inspire right now? Right. It's God. Yeah. They are playing God, reading our minds. Well, okay, they are attempting to make this happen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and very we, tangibly, though. Exactly, very they're, tangibly. They're very close. It's very, it's happening right now. The fact that it's coming out and, the, I mean, you you always know that when, by the time something comes out, it's been around It's for been years. around for years, yeah. So the fact that we're even hearing about it is very scary yeah. to the fact that it probably might already exist. It probably does to some extent. So back to the thing where 
Now we have entities playing God, reading our thoughts, and then putting thoughts into our head. How much more? What is left after that? Yeah, uh, we really lose our sense of. I mean, we're you made mean, in the image of God. Mm-hmm. If that's true, and you know, we both believe that it's true. Yeah. Then, as this, as these things begin to happen. You know, and, and the transhumanist conversation comes in because it changes what it means to be human. Because if they can, if they can, like you said, if they can keep or track of what we think, what we see, all this stuff, and they can even manipulate mm-hmm. our gen- at our genetic level what we're made up of. You know, this is this is very scary because exactly the line between creation and machine are blurring heavily. Yeah. We are born one thing and we make ourselves something else, which is a, a I mean it which is a direct violation of a lot of what believers think is meant to be. And that's a big issue with a lot of non-believers. Yeah. Is they call um believers I don't know, radical, too traditional, you know, conservative, fundamentalist, fundamentalist not wanting to holding back, hold, exactly yeah. holding back the human race because of their uh, primitive thoughts right. of a creator. Right. Well, I understand that. I completely understand how somebody could think that. Yeah. But to an extent, it's not even an it to me being a believer. It really isn't all about the spiritual I mean, it's not uh, the, the God thing is in addition to the very voice that speaks inside of me saying that's wrong inherently. Right. Right. You know, and yeah. I think a lot of non-believers do feel that, that that is very scary. And they say, well, I don't want to like, I don't want to hold everybody back. And so they keep that inside. They say, you know, there's something really weird about this. I'm not really sure. But that voice inside of you telling that this is wrong, that's God. Yeah. The the objective moral foundation to which we exactly. make decisions, ethical and moral decisions, is something even the Bible talks about is everyone has it. Uh, it's just a matter of acknowledging it or exactly. not. Exactly. The fact that non-believers would even make it a thought in their head that they need to determine if it's ethical or right. not is evidence to a an absolute moral absolute. Objective moral values exactly. that are independent and binding Exactly. And so, I mean, that's just what I have to say to people um, about that because it's, it really is not a believer and non-believer issue. Yeah, the ethical things are not just about Christians and non-Christians. Yeah. It is a human problem. And so to divide that is to make an unnecessary divide. We need to look at it in a full spectrum of, of the human race because we are a, a, a humongous diversity of different beliefs and at the same time everybody would think that something's wrong with this yeah yeah at at, at some core level yeah that they need to overcome so yeah well jumping back to the kind of the genetic stuff mm-hmm. uh people that are proponents of evolution will tell you that you know things happen slowly things happen at this micro level, you know, chance plus time, you know. And so this transhumanist thing plus the genetic thing and all the technological stuff coming out is really uh, changing the speed of that. And just to get an idea of how this can happen, 
and, and it's not like, oh, I'm going to have a child and this child is going to be different because no, 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 this can happen to us in our lifetime mm-hmm. because, um, you know, Tom Horn uses this, this uh, example all the time. Tom Horn did, was not born diabetic, but he became diabetic, mm-hmm. right? So something in his genetic makeup changed. I mean, he carried the gene, but something triggered it to actually affect him. Yeah. Same thing with cancer. You, you know, you're not born with cancer. You might be more susceptible to it. But something changes in your internal makeup that causes those things to happen. So very much this can happen, you know, at the genetic level in our lifetime if we consume the wrong thing, if we consume without knowing it, like, you know, so. Genetic changes already happen. Plants genetically modified, animals being genetically modified, everything's being genetically modified. To think that we are unable to genetically modify ourselves without even knowing it is it's just ignorance. Yeah, If totally. you don't think that your genetics could be changed without your knowing, you're being ignorant to the facts. We change the genetics of, of, of animals without them knowing. They don't know that. It's in the food we give them. It's in injections. They don't know what's going on. And it's, it's just it's, – it's not even a question of the possibility of this happening. Right. The, the question is, number one – what is happening to us? Right. Number two, why is it being done without our consent? Yeah. <laughs> if it indeed is. And three, if they asked for our consent. We're going to say. What would we say? You know, and that's a question for everybody. That's true. I would probably say no, but. I would hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, let me dabble in that a little bit now. Uh, th- I think this also, um, and, and this is a conversation that's been brought up a lot, but it, it really ties into the Antichrist, the mark mm-hmm. of the beast, Definitely. these things. Um, and the reason why I think the Bible is so cool that we live in these times and, and we can talk about it without having any fear is obviously because we know kind of how it's going to work out. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, when we talk about the Antichrist and stuff, we're not trying to fear monger anybody. Oh, yeah. the Antichrist is coming, so go hide in a bunker. But, yeah. you know, that's not the point. Um, but what I wanted to say is that, you know, back in, uh, in um, Genesis 10, it talks about how Nimrod, um, it's actually Genesis 10, 8. It says, and Cush begat Nimrod. He began to be a mighty one in the earth. And that word, a mighty one, is gibor, giborum. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the same root as these mighty men of old. Mm-hmm. So something in him changed. You know, something happened to him. He didn't just become, you know, there's something genetic that changed in him that made him into this mighty man. Yeah. Um, the same word Gaborim is used in Genesis six. And it talks about, uh, you know, after the Nephilim, they were the mighty men of old. Yeah. Same word. So that implies some kind of genetic some sort tinkering. Of, yeah, yeah. Um, and this is right before obviously the tower of Babel and all that stuff. And isn't it interesting that, you know, in the tower of Babel, everyone, was speaking the same language, and mm-hmm. we're kind of going back to that with these big com- science or big computers speaking the same language, yeah. zeros and ones or ones and zeros. Whatever Being you call able it. to translate everything into everything a readable into language. readable language. So encryption, brainwaves, everything yep, can be. Everything translated. is is, uh, you know, broken down into digital mm-hmm. language format. And, you know, that's really interesting and very kind of yeah. scary when you think about how yeah. much this, quote unquote, computing power has an effect on where we're going. And, you know, 
I, I would imagine that, you know, behind it all, there's some kind of agenda going on that is beyond just, oh, we're going to try to track you or keep, you know, keep track of what's going on. Yeah. And here's another way to think about it. Even if you don't believe that this uh, this uh, computer and these capabilities were created with a sinister intent, you have to know that now that it does exist, the powers that be are realizing what they can do with it. Right. So that's a big issue that I come that comes up with people too. They say, you know, I understand that maybe some shady things are happening, but I just it's hard for me to believe that you know, this is all so orchestrated. Well, personally, I think a lot of it is orchestrated. Oh yeah. Most of it is orchestrated. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. But my point is, even if it's not orchestrated at the beginning of the creation of this of this technology, you better know it. Yeah, that now that they know their capabilities, you are ignorant to think that there are, is not a man out there who is going to take control and use it for things that are very questionable. And, and this is historically tangible, too. Oh, yeah. You look back in history, even just in the 19th century or the, eight, the 20th century, you know, huge progress of technology. And what do we do? We build nukes. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's not like we had to build nukes, yeah. <laughs> but we did. And we had... With any, you know, it's that whole Spider-Man thing, like with great power comes great responsibility. Mm -hmm. And on our own, I don't think we're responsible enough to. Very good. Yeah, exactly. So, so it's this idea that this whole notion that oh, you know, there might be a conspiracy, there might not, all this stuff. I don't think, and and this is important to note and 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 to keep in mind is that I don't think there are individuals that are putting this, you know, whole facility together that are sitting there going, you know, rubbing their hands like, ooh, you know, we're going to get the yeah. get the human race now, you know. I don't think it's like that. There is a pecking order. Exactly. And there's many layers of deception going on exactly. from the top all the way to the bottom. Yeah. And, um, you know, why would anybody want to speak out against it, some, something like this, especially if they're employed? This is the same thing as a scientific dictatorship. Exactly. Well, uh, I'll say right now, if you're listening – after this, when we're done, go to the go to the link that's in the show notes. Read the whole thing. Get all the details. Um, but the fact is that in this article, it's talking about how um, how it's been happening forever. They talk about these right. these data stations that are located all over America that for years and years and years they've been filtering through American phone phone calls, emails, and other data, and then. We, we learn about uh, all the advancements of that. All the whistleblowers come out. And, and then what happens? We'll put another link in there. And this is a video of the guy denying everything. And he's not, yep. not even – he's denying everything. <laughs> everything. And he's, his excuse is, no, the technology for that doesn't exist. Yeah. No, we don't have the capabilities <laughs> to do that. <laughs> no, no, no. This is not Star Wars. We can't read your emails. What are you saying? We need a warrant. Exactly. We, we need, need a the warrant. CIA and the FBI handles those things. Oh, it's not... exactly. And, and it's just such deception. Yep. You can, the, the fact that he's expecting us to think that they just can't read our emails yeah. Or they just don't have the systems in place to listen to our to our calls is just insulting. It is. 
and it is way too sus- suspicious, and it it s- definitely speaks to the levels of deception that are involved in this whole program. And you can we already know you can't listen to these people. Yeah, you cannot listen to these people. You need to listen to the facts. These people, the guy who wrote the article, did his research. That he there are people testifying to this, who saw how, just how wrong this was. Left the NSA, yep. left a huge career in the NSA, and came out and said, "This is happening, and it is wrong, and it is unconstitutional yep. for whatever that is worth." And uh, why, why would he give all that up yeah. if it was just fake and just make it up just to cause a ruckus or something? Yeah, but I think we're reaching a level where it's really impending on the individual. Uh, boundaries of ethics and morals where, you know, in the past, let's say, you know, I've been listening to a lot of stuff on giants. Let's say a hundred years ago, you're in archeology, span you go to a university, you get your degree, you find a giant skeleton Mm -hmm. and, you know, you want to report on it, but everyone says, uh, you know, it gets confiscated or whatever. And they say, if you report on it, your career is done. Who in the right mind would say, I'm going to fight the system and I'm, exactly. I know what I found is a giant and there's no point in doing that. Well, because uh, they're going to throw you in the loony bin. Exactly. In exactly. It's, it's historically happened and yeah. it's going to keep happening. Yeah. It's risking your family, your income, everything else. Why would anyone do that? But I think it's getting to a point where it's starting to tip over so badly that people are just saying, you know, enough is enough. Well, it's also, why would you do that? Especially if it's not true. Right, exactly. Why would you do that if you and hadn't actually find the giant? But why would you give up everything just to say you had? And it's the same with this. He had a great job. He was the he was at the top. Yeah. And he had a great life, government taking care of everything. Yep. And gives it up because it is so wrong. Now, why give it up? If it's not that way. Yeah. And so it's just, it, it, there's so many levels here to think about. Yeah. And go read the article. Go watch the video and uh, take, a, take a closer look at this yourself. And I think it speaks into the, the power of truth, really. Mm-hmm. Because this same thing that this guy who wrote the article, which I think his name is James Bamford, um, you know, he, he, he's trying to enlighten us with, well, enlighten may not be the proper terminology, but just inform us of what's going on. And he's risking stuff. You know, the people that have come out and and the whistleblowers are are risking stuff. The same exact thing happened in Jesus's time. When Jesus rose from the dead and he walked around, (laughs) why would you go kill it? Like, you know, profess that that and say, no, I I know he died. And I know, well, I know he rose from the dead and I saw him. I talked to him. Who in the right mind would really say that if they're, if they come at them and say, you know, if you continue saying that, we're going to kill you. Exactly. And it, and it's the same thing. I mean, yeah, you just hit the nail right on the head there. It doesn't make sense that it, it would be a lie. Yeah. You know, it just doesn't make sense. And it, not even that, but there's so much evidence of its truth. Yeah. And so people, my, my biggest thing is that it's so easy to, to hear these words and know in your head that there's something shady going on. Yeah. That yes, everything we do is being recorded. Wow, that's really, that's some really interesting information. But it 
is a whole nother thing to actually grasp the fact that it is happening right now to you and it's real. It is absolutely real. It's not just a fun thing to talk about. Well, what do you think um, people should do about it as far as, you know, what, what kind of actions can we take in, in not just informing people, but w- what would you say is, is an important f- action that is tangible that we can really... Well, I think the biggest thing is to spread the truth. You know, there's no way for us to escape being recorded. That's just what's going to happen. Yeah. But spreading the truth, let me tell you, it's in the article. Um, when this first started happening, people made a huge upro- up, up, uproar about it. It was right. a big deal. Right. And Congress shut it down, or so they say. Yeah. But, um, and then I, I think it, it happened again four years later. There was a huge problem with it. People were finding out about it. They were making a big deal, spreading the truth. And then Congress shut it down again. Right. Or ordered it to be shut down. But now that's what needs to happen. That is the power of numbers in the people. And it's happening all over the world in a lot of different contexts. And this is just one thing that people need to know about. Yeah. And that is the way to fight it. Truth will always prevail. And strength in numbers is the way that it's going to happen. Right. You know, unless there's some, I mean, this facility, they talk about the security system. And unless there's <laughs> this, some guy who is just a ninja of all ninjas <laughs> to go in They're and probably, take it They out. already probably have transhumanists guarding the, oh, the it's, facility. It's very, it would not surprise <laughs> some me. Some Nephilim roaming oh, around sure. the front complex. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, waiting for, uh, for anyone trying to break in. Right, just right. Just eating them. Right. It's, it is just, <laughs> it's just amazing to think about. Oh, I think it's funny. The uh, Yoda bites and exaflops, septilians and undecillions. I mean, these are words I've never even heard of before. No, no yeah. The, the article talks about the, the actual vastness of the computing power and the data storage. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, I tried my best to comprehend a Yoda bite in my head. It's Y-O-T-T-A yep. bite. And it is beyond my mental capabilities to actually picture the amount of storage that a Yoda byte is. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's just... I don't even know what an exaflop is. What's, what's an exaflop? I think those were referring to the, um, the speed at which the data can be um, transferred. Transferred. Because what they're doing is they're going to transfer all the data they already have right. into this facility. And that's what they're talking about, the computing power, that it's so astronomically fast that, I mean, they are just making up new words for it. So right. there we go. And we got cell phones going off. They're tracking us down already yeah, right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I think we kind of hashed out some of the things that we wanted to say as far as it's concerned. And, uh, you know, we can have this conversation we can keep going with this conversation for much longer but you know for the sake of time and and uh absolutely and know that we are going to come back to it this is a a serious thing that we're going to be talking about we'll try not to inundate you with it every single episode but it is something important to us it should be important to you so i really appreciate you guys tuning in again for our second episode of canary cry radio and uh 
Yeah, and I, I just want to close it out by saying, um, you know, talk to your friends, talk to your family about these things. It's not the easiest topic to bring up. Uh, but like uh, Basil said, it's it's really important to just inform people with the truth. And this this kind of information can be a great way to evangelize to people. Exactly. And this, this is something that, um, you know, I'm very passionate about is using these things that are happening today. And I think this is partly why we even started Canary Cry Radio was to have a platform where we discuss modern things that are happening and use it as a platform to speak the gospel into people's lives because the church isn't going to necessarily do that for you. Exactly. The church isn't going to have a legitimate, you know, unified corporate institutional response to these super, you know, Yoda bike computers. Exactly. In fact, they'll probably install it into the church system before <laughs> it's, you know, so, um, you know, just keep that in mind as far as, um, and opportunities to have conversations with coworkers, exactly. friends, or family, whoever. And and do your research, and uh, and the more you do, the more you realize that everything that is happening lines up perfectly with biblical um, prophecy. Prophesy, yeah, thank you. <laughs> biblical prophecies. It's maybe all, you need a chip yeah, in your brain too. <laughs> Actually, I probably do too. So all of this stuff, it's in the Bible. It's happening now. Use it, learn it, make sure to read the articles. We'll try to post some verses too so you can do your research and know because that's a huge part of it. Yeah. You, you got to know both sides. Right. And so that's what we're going to try to bring you here every week is what's happening, why you need to know it, and the biblical and spiritual parts about it and what it means for your eternity. Cool. Well, all right. All right. <laughs> See you guys next time. Thanks again. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Canary Cry Radio. If you're interested and want to know more, please go to canarycryradio.com. Look us up on Facebook at facebook.com slash canarycryradio or look us up on Twitter.